I know how much it hurts. I get how painful it is. I get how you, you feel just so disregarded, unimportant, all of this, but it's not you. It wasn't about you. It really wasn't about you. Whatever the betrayal was, that was somebody else's issue. But that doesn't mean you have to live the rest of your life paying the price. You know, there's this wonderful saying, and it's the best revenge is a life well lived, and you deserve that. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Today, we are talking about how to overcome betrayal with Dr. Debbie Silber. This episode is not only going to show us how our biggest crisis reveals our greatest gifts, but how we can come onto the other side of betrayal. Now, Dr. Debbie's doctoral study has led to two very big discoveries around how women experience and heal from betrayal. Based on her findings, along with 27 years of health, mindset, and lifestyle coaching, she has created a proven approach to help women heal physically, mentally, and emotionally from a life crisis specifically rooted in betrayal. And that is exactly what she's going to be laying out for us today. Now, I want to just take a moment because, well, let's be honest. We all at one point or another have felt betrayed and it's getting through that process that can reveal our greatest strengths and gifts. And that is why I am so excited to have Dr. Debbie here on the podcast today. She's going to show us how to move through that. Now, one of the things that I've noticed over the years, and I know Dr. Debbie Silver can point to it as well, is that trauma has a negative impact on our body. Physiologically, it can become a stressor, and that deep-rooted trauma could have major implications on our women's hormone health and overall cellular vitality. And I think it's important that we have these types of tools and these types of ways to overcome some of these deep-rooted traumas. You know, I'm going to speak a tiny bit to some of the betrayal that I had dealt with when I interviewed Dr. Debbie Silber because I found myself in the process, you know, I've spent a lot of years with Dr. Debbie, she and I are dear friends, but I have definitely felt emotions stir up and recognize that, oh my gosh, maybe I'm still holding on to things that maybe unconsciously I didn't even realize I was, I was doing. So I think it's important today that not only we get to understand how to create this transformation when it comes to betrayal, but also how to heal emotionally so that we can heal our bodies. You know, this is the one area we don't focus enough on on this podcast, and that's why I'm so, so grateful to have Dr. Debbie Silber shine her brilliance on us today. Now, before we get into this episode, before we get into this beautiful interview, I just want to take a moment and just sidestep a little bit, talk about the podcast, because we have just celebrated the one-year anniversary of this podcast last week. Now, last Friday, I did an episode. It was episode 77, and I talked about the top 10 episodes out of our 76 episodes And it was so fun to share the highlights and to share with you some of the episodes that I know that you have loved, unless you are new to the podcast, which if you are new to the podcast today, welcome. What an incredible interview for you to jump in today. But it has been such an amazing experience. And I wanted to just touch back upon it because I've been processing it and thinking about it the last week or so, how much of a a big win this has been. 
And not so much because this podcast is doing great and creating momentum, but what I realized is that I feel so grateful and humbled and privileged to get to serve you every single week. And it is such a blessing to be able to get my friends and get these gorgeous, amazing experts here on the show to get to interview them and shine a spotlight on their brilliance because so many of their ideas, so many of the things that they bring to the table are actionable that you can begin to implement to create the life that you really want. So I wanted to just take a moment, as I always do in these last couple episodes, and celebrate one specific rock star, shine a light on somebody who's having a big win because of the podcast, and that rock star is Ronica. Now, Ronica had reached out and did a review on iTunes in the month of February, and she shared a little bit about the wins that she was experiencing, and I can't wait to share what she wrote. Here it is. I'm a registered nurse and I love how Dr. Marisa offers something for me as a caregiver and as a woman seeking to better understand ways to practice self-care. Each and every podcast is motivating and her guests are perfect for giving you ideas and information on how living your best healthy life. Well, thank you so much, Ronica. Thank you for sharing your big win on self-care. I can imagine as a caregiver, that can be such a hard space to be. I have a feeling that there's a lot of caregivers listening to this podcast every single week. Either you're mamas or you're taking care of family members or someone who's sick in your life. And I'll tell you what, I know during those moments, it feels like there's really no time for you. And I want you to know that a big part of this podcast is all about nurturing the nurturers, including you, Ronica. I want you to feel nurtured because so often we don't always feel like anyone's nurturing us when we're taking care of the world. So thank you again, and I'm holding space for your continued healing miracles and that self-care that you so deserve, girl. Now, I would love to gift you that little superwoman blend. Ronica, if you're listening, all you got to do is just reach out to me on Facebook or on Instagram at Dr. Marisa, which is D-R-M-A-R-I-Z-A. Now, fellow podcast listeners... Those who are listening right now, I would love to shout you out too. I can't tell you how much I love to celebrate your wins and what you're gaining from these episodes every single week. So you can reach out to me via Insta, Facebook, or simply review the podcast on iTunes or whatever podcast platform that you love to plug into. That way, we can continue this revolution, right? We know that how to advance women's healthcare, how to ensure that women are getting the right types of lab tests, the right types of care, is by creating this beautiful revolution through word of mouth. When you know better, you do better, and you can demand better as well. And that's exactly what we're doing here on this podcast. So keep on spreading the word, let people know about it. Goodness knows, we've got now 77 episodes, 78 episodes as of today to be able to help and usher people into that new type of healthcare that we all deserve. Well, speaking of that, let's dive into this incredible conversation on overing, overcoming betrayal with Dr. Debbie Silver. Now, as you know, I love to sing her praises first, so let me introduce you. Dr. Debbie Silver is a transformational psychologist, a health mindset and personal development expert. She's an award-winning speaker, coach, and author of the number one best-selling book, The Unshakable Woman, Four Steps to Rebuilding Your Body, Mind, and Life 
after a life crisis. Now she also has the Unshakable Woman workbook that's a companion guide for you to work through. Now I want you to know that she not only is rocking this information, but she has been a public speaker and contributed to things like Fox Health News, CBS, The Dr. Oz Show, TEDx, Huffington Post, Psychology Today, Forbes, Working Mother, Glamour. I mean, I could go on and on and on. She is all the places. She is everywhere because this message is so powerful. I can't wait for you to hear it for yourself. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast. Debbie Silver, how are you doing today, girl? I'm so great. I can't wait to chat with you. I am so excited as well. And we're talking about an area that so many people want support with. And I know that you just got your doctorate in this work. And so I'm so thrilled. One, congratulations on that. Thanks so much. Don't want to do it again anytime soon. (laughs) I I know you were working on that for quite some time. And we're really diving into how your biggest crisis revealed your greatest gift. And not only has this been your work, your life's work for many years now, but you have a really powerful story around this. There was really kind of an impetus to this, doing, wanting to do this work, wanting to support other people in those crisis modes. Can you talk a little bit about your story? What was, what has brought you to this passion where you are now educating thousands of people around the world on how to overcome crisis and how to overcome betrayal? Well, you you know, you don't take on something at that level unless you need to. And that was definitely the case. And I mean, I've been in health and mindset, personal development 27 years, but, and I had physical life crises, but then I had some some emotional ones. And and the first was a really devastating family betrayal. And you know how the universe works when you don't learn the lesson you were supposed to learn, you get another opportunity in the form of a person. So you get the lesson. And then a couple of years ago, it was my husband and, uh, and that devastated me. And it, uh, it sent me right into this PhD program in transpersonal psychology. That's the psychology of transformation and human potential. Cause I was transforming. He was, I didn't understand it. So I, I needed to learn why people do what they do, how I could heal from this, how I could change my mind really to heal and change my life. So it was time to do a study. And I studied how women experience betrayal, what holds them back, what helps them heal. And, you know, I remember going into the study saying, you know, how there are like the stages of grief, it would be so incredible and so comforting to women if we discovered stages of betrayal. And, and this way they could sort of have that lifeline, like, okay, here's where you are, but hang on sister, this stage is coming. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. We actually made three discoveries. One was there are five stages of betrayal between the shock and when you're blindsided to this place called post-betrayal transformation, where you're just better for it. You've healed all these great things. And then that there's this collection of symptoms so common to betrayal, it's called post-betrayal syndrome. So, so much came out of that study. And now I'm just helping as many people as I can. And we are going to talk about those five stages in just a moment. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about heading back to your story for a second. So you had a couple different places of betrayal. And 
I know that you spoke to wanting to figure out what was going on. And in that process, you know, I, I know that we also oftentimes betray ourselves. In that process of your own discovery, you know, were there things that you felt like, did you feel like you had sabotaged yourself in those moments? Have you found that when we are put into these scenarios or just in general, that we have ways of sabotaging ourselves? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. And and first of all, there are so many different kinds of betrayal. And and the way the way I really define it is it's a breaking of a spoken or unspoken rule. And this could be with a family member, a friend, a partner, you know, someone in a position of authority. It could be with yourself too. Like I, I was just speaking to somebody the other day and they were a former addict. And they said, you know, Debbie, I betrayed myself because here I was making these promises to myself and I kept breaking them. I spoke to someone the other day who also said, you know, I was eating well, I was exercising and I got breast cancer. My body betrayed me. So we could feel betrayed for so many reasons, but when it's someone we trust. It's you think about it. You're never betrayed by someone you don't know. It's by the people we know the the most. And when the people we trust the most prove untrustworthy, you know who do we trust? When the ones we'd run to, when other people are causing harm, are the ones causing the harm. Where do we go? So it's it's such a shock to the body and the mind because it really eliminates any sense of safety and security that we've ever had. You know, I I think about those times for me when I was younger, I felt like my family had betrayed me and I basically turned away from them for many years. A lot of people don't know that. But then I got sick. I got sick. Well, a couple times I felt like my body had betrayed me. But I remember the last time I felt like I was doing so much right. I knew that I had to take some responsibility for what was going on. But I felt very betrayed by my body. And I remember thinking, why is this happening to me? How did this happen? And so I, so often I bet people do feel not only, I mean, you know, you're closest to yourself, right? And so feeling betrayed by yourself and your body is definitely, it's a very hopeless feeling. And do you go and dive into even what, what it's feeling like for people, what kind of emotions we're experiencing at that time when we're dealing with that level of betrayal? Oh, absolutely. Because the first thing is you feel like you're crazy and then you feel like you're alone and you and you don't realize that there's a way out from all of it. But when you realize that all of these symptoms are tied to this unhealed betrayal, you, first of all, you feel so much better just knowing that there's a reason for all this. And what I see so often is we have some kind of betrayal that that has us experiencing these physical, mental, emotional, psychological, spiritual symptoms. And we go to the most well-meaning and, and incredible health experts, but what we're doing is we're playing this big game of whack-a-mole. We're just tamping down the symptoms, thinking that that's the issue, like the gut issue that shows up, or the extreme fatigue that shows up, or the anxiety that shows up, or, or the hair changes, or hair loss, or the thyroid issues. And meanwhile, so often, it's it's tied to that betrayal. So when you heal it from the roots, everything heals. But we can't change what we're not aware of. So you really want to figure out what's at the root of what's causing all of these symptoms. And when you realize that it is this unhealed betrayal, I mean, it's it's huge and it's so powerful. And, and I tell you, the more people I speak with, they're I guess they never really put a name to it. They just thought, well, I dealt with it. I put it behind me. Oh, no, you didn't. Your body is still reeling from it. So it all has to be healed. And what are some of the things I know you mentioned a lot of those chronic conditions as well? Do you have like a kind of a clear story that you can share with us of someone who had absolutely no idea that their physical ailments were connected to this kind of deeper, buried deep betrayal that they had dismissed? 
Absolutely. I mean, the the typical person I'll see, they're let's say they're 20 pounds overweight, their immune system is shot, their adrenals have tanked, they can't sleep, they're exhausted no matter how much they sleep, they're just so tired, they're anxious, they're overwhelmed, their metabolism is down. They, the last thing they want to do is exercise. They don't have the bandwidth to think about eating healthy. It's like anything that could go wrong in the body does. You know, I remember one of my uh, study participants explaining it like this. She said, Debbie, it was like any physical symptom that could go wrong went wrong along with that feeling of losing a child in a crowd, like that feeling, (laughs) you know, it's just awful. And here you are trying to make sense out of your situation because your, you know, your, your mind is just in such a complete state of chaos. And now here you are dealing with all these physical symptoms too. I mean, forget about the emotional symptoms that are going along with it. So it's just this whole big bunch of physical, mental, and emotional symptoms. Mm. Was that for you as well? Did you feel any physical kind of when you were dealing, especially with the, with your husband, any physical symptoms coming up or was it just more for you emotional and mental? No, it was physical too. It was, and I remember because there's also, there's so much confusion. There's so much shame. There's so much, I mean, judgment, any, any emotion any negative emotion you can imagine, that's what's going on. But I remember really that first year, it was just all about, you know, my clients, my kids, and then I would crash. Clients, kids, crash. Clients, kids, crash. That's all I did. And I I was too uncomfortable speaking to my friends because of course they would have supported me, but I just didn't want to hear it. I just didn't want any pity. So you keep all that bottled in. You keep it all to yourself. Your body's going to freak out on you. And I'll never forget, there was one day I was on a coaching call with a client. We were wrapping up the call and all of a sudden the the room just just goes black and i hang up real quickly and um and i sat on the floor i start sweating i mean i thought i was having a heart attack and uh one of my kids was there took me to the emergency room and it turned out i was having a panic attack like i never had a panic attack i didn't know what that was that was just one thing but it was really a wake up call to me because i said okay you either you have to make a decision here because this will kill you if you you know if you don't get it to, together and that was in addition to so many physical things that I've had. I mean, so many immune issues and suppressed immune, you know, a suppressed immune system and my adrenals, oh, forget it. And chronic, chronic illness. And I had extreme arthritis, but you name it, I had it. I was, I was a mess, total mess. Mm. Goodness. And I just love that this is what brought you to wanting to study this work. Now you talked about, cause a lot of you know, so often, like you mentioned before, you know, you, you're having this panic attack. And I, I assume a lot of people are in this position. They don't necessarily even know that them working through this betrayal is really gnawing at them at the core. So when you're looking at these five stages that we're going to dive into, is there a stage? I know you're going to talk about that. How do we become aware? You know, how do we know that this is eating us up over time? You know, for you, there was kind of like this moment, you know, kind of a scary wake up call. But, you know, so often we we do, we just, especially women, let's be honest, we are doing all the things for all the people all the time. It is so easy to bury that and move on from it. Not that it doesn't rear its ugly head every now and again, because it definitely does, you know, but where do we get to a point where we even recognize 
that this that it's betrayal that it's that it's these emotional roots how do we begin to even recognize that that's what it is you know so often we don't trust the body the body doesn't lie i mean you'll know when you're with someone think about how you feel you'll feel open you'll feel good you'll feel expansive you'll feel loving or you'll feel tight closed shrinking all you have to do is just do a check and say, how does this person make me feel? And now here's the thing. We're walking around with this, with, with something that maybe someone did a day, a month, a year, 30 years ago. They don't even know, care, or even remember that they've done it. And here we are. Look at the power that we've given this person. It's still this tie. And now there's, there's forgiving and rebuilding. There's forgiving and moving on. But unless we do the work, move towards forgiveness, it stays with us. It's it's either conscious or unconscious. But the first thing is check how you feel because your body will tell you. So if you go, let's say you run into this person, let's say it's a family member or a friend or somebody and you, you feel closed off, you feel something isn't right, that you need to check in with that gut feeling and figure out why you're feeling that way. And then oh, address it. And I know we're getting to it. Marion Williamson, I was listening to her on um, Oprah Soul, Soul Sessions, and she talks about how forgiveness is love and how when we are not able to forgive, we really close off our own potential, that we aren't able to step into the next place because it's weighing us down. It's it's wrecking on us. Is that what you find as well here? Is that- Oh, 100%. Yeah. Well, because think about it. There are so many- benefits that that we get from staying stuck and you're like benefits yeah, yeah. and here here's why it's totally really hard holding to on to that story Oh yeah. Well, we're holding Think about it. We're, we're holding on to self-pity. We have to give up being right. Being right feels good. We have to give that up. We have to give up self-pity. We have to give up sympathy. We have to give up building our case. We're like, oh, this happened. And then this happened. And then this happened. We have to give up learning how to trust again. You know, that's really hard. It's like, can I trust you? Can I trust you? Forget it. I just won't trust anybody. So we have to give that up. Here's a really big one too. We have to give up feeding and fueling our addiction. Because think about what happens when we've been betrayed, we just lock down this track in our brain. And every time we go over it, we fuel it with some emotion, some feeling. We create this like chemical cocktail that gets released. Well, like any cocktail, it can become addictive. So when we don't think about it for a while, well, we think about it because it lights up these, you know, certain areas of the brain. And we actually have to break this addiction when we move towards, you know, towards forgiveness. And also what happens is when you're holding on to something and we're thinking about forgiving, we think so often, well, am I, am I making it okay? Am I setting myself up? for it to happen again? Am I somehow making it right? Am I being a pushover? And also once we've been betrayed, we feel like we feel powerless. You know, we feel like our power has been taken away and hanging on to this, well, I get to decide if I forgive or not, gives us this sense of control. We don't want to give that up so easily because we finally got it back. Mm, I call those false benefits, right? Mm-hmm. Those false benefits that we can lean on I find the same thing with our stories, whatever our limiting belief stories, you know, we tell ourselves certain things, like, let's say, for instance, someone says, you know, I just, I just can't, I just can't find a man, or I just, you know, there's not, there's not a man for me. And that allows for so many, like so many things that you get to be, you know, a victim or you self pity, all of those things, you, you get to write this story. It's the same kind of concept. You're absolutely right. When you're not forgiving someone, it's as if you still control some piece of it. Absolutely. But when you do, though, first of all, you get to heal. 
I mean, your body will heal. You're going to look. Yeah, tell us the benefits, Debbie. Yeah, there, there's so many. Those emotions, anger, bitterness, resentment. I mean, that creates like accelerated aging. You're shortening your 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 telomeres, and I'm sure you have an essential oil for that, right? So <laughs> your things like that. You're but you so you're, you're going to look better. You're going to feel better. You get to be free. You know, think about it. When you're walking around with this 50 pound boulder of pain, you can't see opportunities in front of you. You're in too much pain to see them. So you put it down, you're able to see them. You get a better story and you get to be the hero or the heroine of your story. You know, you get to be a role model. You just get all of these opportunities that you never, ever, ever would have had or had access to. And I mean, here I am, I'm living proof. The things I'm doing now because of my biggest crisis, there's no chance I would have done if this hadn't happened. No way. Mm. I think that that's so powerful. Okay, so let's talk about, because I know people want to have a good sense of things. A lot of women who are listening to this right now who are like having this aha moment, like, oh my gosh, I am totally feeding off of not letting this go. I'm totally feeding off of, you know, kind of holding on to this or not, just maybe for the first time realizing how much of a negative impact it's having on their body and on their well-being. So how do we begin to give us because I want some more awareness here. You know, I feel like that's the first step is when we first cue in. I always say the first step to radical self-healing is self-awareness, you know. So I'm, I'm guessing that in the five stages, it's really giving us clarity on that awareness of where we're at. Not only awareness where we're at, you're going to know exactly what stage you're in. And here's the thing. We can stay stuck in any of these stages for decades if we're not aware of it. So the first one is, this is almost like a setup phase. And there's by no means, there's no blame. There's no judgment. This is what I saw with every single participant, including myself. Because women are so capable, we do all we can until we can't. So what I saw with everybody was, imagine... Imagine four legs of a table and the four legs are mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual. And what I saw with every single woman was this really strong paying attention to the physical and the mental. It's as if they had their to-do list and their bodies were taking them around to do it. And they really were neglecting that emotional and that spiritual. So just like a table, right? If you're only strengthening two legs, easy to see that table topping, toppling over. But what was also so important about this phase was this stage. If you're really not paying attention to the emotional and the spiritual, you've really turned down your intuition. So here's where something may not feel right, but you ignore it. You blow it off or, or something doesn't just doesn't look right, but you just don't put it together because you're too busy doing what you need to do. So that was the setup. And then we go to stage two. This is by far the scariest stage this is you're blindsided, you're shocked. And, and this stage is the breakdown of the body, the mind, and the worldview. The stress response is ignited here. So now your, your adrenals are just going crazy. You're mentally, you're in a state of overwhelm, you're panicking, you're confused, you can't make sense out of any of this. And there's also a breakdown of the worldview. Your worldview is how you see the world. It's who can I trust? Where do I go? Who who's good? Who's bad? What you know, what does the world look like based on my set of rules? It's all been destroyed right in that moment right there. So you can imagine how scary this is because a new worldview hasn't been formed yet, but everything you believe to be real and true no longer exists. So from there, here's where the bottom just drops out on you. So if the bottom were to drop out on you, think about it, you would do everything 
humanly possible to grab onto whatever you could so you can survive. And that's stage three. Survival instincts are emerging. Here's where you are all about survival. It is such a practical stage. It's like, where am I going to live? Who am I going to speak to? How do I, what do I, how do I deal with my kids? Where do I go? It is just so practical. If you can't help me, get out of my way. And I find, honestly, people stay in a stage three forever. They could stay here forever. I was in stage three for a very, very long time, like over a decade. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just survival. And it's just we're, we're keeping out. Here's where we say, you know, forget it. I can't trust anybody. We keep out the, the bad guys, but we keep out the good guys, too. So this is this pure survival stage. But once you figure out you can survive and you know what it takes to move from one stage to the next, we slowly move into stage four. And stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. It's like if you've ever moved, you know, it's like you move from your old house, condo, apartment, whatever. Your new space isn't cozy yet. It's not lived in, but it's going to be okay. You don't, you don't know your, your route you, to wherever you're going to go, but, but you're going to make it work. And finding and adjusting to that new normal. You're settling into this new space that's going to be okay. And when you signal the mind that, you know what, we'll be, we're safe, we're okay here, you turn down the stress response a little bit. You st- at least you're not creating destruction. You may not be healing just yet, but you're not doing any more damage. When you're here for a while, this is your new normal. You're going to make it work. It's going to be okay. You slowly then move into stage five, which is such a beautiful stage. It's healing, rebirth, and a new worldview. So here's where your body starts to heal. Here's where you finally have the bandwidth. You didn't have the bandwidth to think about self-care, you know, taking care of, of your body, you know, eating well or exercising. You weren't thinking about any of that. You finally have the bandwidth to think about that. You're your mind starts to heal. It's calming down a little bit. You've rewired your mindset for some more positive belief system. And there's a new worldview based on everything you've experienced. And remember that table from the beginning with the two legs? We are solidly grounded now. We're still paying attention to the physical and the mental, but we also are paying just as strongly. We're paying attention to the emotional and spiritual too. We're grounded. We're solid. We are, here's where we are the strongest, wisest, boldest version of ourselves we could ever imagine. Mm, I love that. That I think that that is so powerful. And Debbie, a part of this work that you do, Dr. Debbie. Um, <laughs> I just love saying that because it was so fun to be a part of that. Well, watching that journey of you just doing this work. Oh my goodness. I'm so proud of you. But I know that you've got the five stages laid out. How often are you serving people kind of helping to work through these stages? Or how is it that we can not only besides identifying these stages, how do we how do we help to move through these? Like if you know you're stuck in three, which I'm guessing, as you mentioned, you know, I could resonate with that. I know that there are so many people listening right now who are like, oh, yeah, that's where I'm at. And how do we move? Because the thing about stage three, you know, working through survival is that you're just so caught up in that. You know, it's easy to get distracted by just trying oh, to survive. Oh, yeah. And we we stay there and then we start thinking this is where we belong. And we start, you know, here's where you're in this position where you say, OK, here's where I am. But but what can I do to move physically, mentally and emotionally? But when we're there too long, like there's it's great to be there 
to, we want to ruminate where we make meaning out of our event, but we don't want to marinate, you know, where we're just thinking about it to the point where we just become obsessed with it. And that's what so, so many of us do. What This is exactly why I created the six-week program, because it's just such a no-brainer. I mean, it moves you from one stage to the next. And I'll tell you, one of the, the biggest things on the other side of it, besides the healing, I found nothing is helping me heal more than teaching. So on the other side of it, there are two different certification programs, one to be a certified PBT, post-betrayal transformation, support group host, the other to be a practitioner, because this way, someone goes through it, they get the benefit of teaching other people. And the idea is there's so much shame and embarrassment and all of this stuff, but if you know someone gets it, they understand it, not for the sake of just commiserating, but they've been there and now they have an opportunity to help you with it and teach. So it's the process of moving through those stages and then the give back of here, really show how healed you are by healing others. And I remember, I love Joe Dispenza and he had this, and he has this saying of, I think it was something like, wisdom is the experience without the pain. And I know that's why I was waiting to get to that point of wisdom so I could teach it where I wasn't drowning in it myself. And by the end of the six-week program, a lot of the women who come out of it, they're coming from that place of wisdom so they could help other people. So the whole, I mean, the whole intention is to have these support composers and practitioners in every state, every country, every few blocks, then I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I love that. That is a wonderful (laughs) and audacious goal. And I think you're absolutely right. You know, you think about Betrayal really punctuates a lot of our life. A lot of people are struggling as we speak with betrayal of one of one or another. And I loved your definition of it as well, right? This a breaking of an unspoken, an unspoken bond. Was that what it was? It was the breaking of a of a spoken or unspoken rule. Unspoken rule. That's what it was. Yeah. And so, I mean, let's how often is that happening? I mean, clearly there's everyone is experience has experienced betrayal in one form of another. It's just really figuring out how much that betrayal has impacted you and what that's doing to kind of halt creating what you want to create, becoming the person you want, living the best life and understanding how we get to heal from it. So you talked a little bit about post-betrayal syndrome, and clearly we have some clarity on how we know if we have it. How is, I'd love to know, because I think a lot of people were dealing with other traumatic stress as well, and what it would be the difference of post-betrayal, the post-betrayal transformation, how is it different from post-traumatic growth? So what are the differences here? And originally in the study, I was I I like the hopefulness. I like the inspiration. I like the upside. And when you're thinking of trauma, you're like, upside, what? And I, but so I was really looking for the upside of it. So I was studying betrayal and post-traumatic growth, which is what new kind of hopeful side emerged because of that tragedy, that death of a loved one, that natural disaster, that whatever it was, devastation of some kind. And it could be nothing more than I have a love and appreciation for life because I'm still here. I mean, whatever it is. And it's this new perspective, new awareness. But I felt like, I mean, I had been through death of a loved one. I've been through disease. I mean, I've been in the ICU for 11 days. Like I know what that stuff feels like. Betrayal felt so different to me. And instead of assuming that I was the only one who felt that, I brought that out to the study participants too. And they all agreed. It's so different because yes, there's the grieving of what was lost and all of the other things that happen, 
with post-traumatic growth, but there's also this, you have to rebuild yourself. There are these areas of rejection and abandonment and confidence and worthiness and trust. Like all of that has to be rebuilt. And when you do, that's post-betrayal transformation. I was thinking as you're talking about the benefits of, of it all, being able to come on the other side. But I was also thinking about the stages you were talking about and how that there's a silver lining to some of that. And what was so interesting for me in stage three, the survival, is that I felt like a lot of how I set myself up for success was because I was in this survival mode. And so I recognized that there were benefits to it, as you were describing as well. And I think that's why a lot of people may stay in some of these stages is that they're experiencing some of the, the kind of like you said, we talked about the, the false benefits or the negative benefits, but it was a really heavy boulder that you're holding on to. So I would think that even if people feel like they're being fueled, like I felt like I was being fueled through stage three, like stage three was the fuel. I was so angry and resentful. I was on this mission to prove everybody wrong. But I realized, I remember waking up one day and realizing that I had built this life based on proving other people wrong. And it wasn't based on my own happiness or my own joy or under a mission, a specific mission to support or help people. I remember having to wake up and realizing that my life had been driven by this anger. Not that I hadn't created a lot of successes because of it, but it would those successes came at a price. And when I was able to steer my intentions around what I wanted to do for my life, how I wanted to serve people, I knew that I had to go back and do that work. And so do you find that people, I guess that there's sometimes not necessarily that it's, it's a good thing to be there, but that there have been positives that have happened for people in some of these stages? Oh, absolutely. And you nailed it because it's so true. You could be enormously monetarily successful, or, or whatever success means to you in that area. But it's like the soil that it grew on isn't healthy. It's not whole. It's not sustainable because those emotions of resentment, of bitterness, of proving, of all of that, the body can't handle that. That's not where joy and hope and all of these incredible emotions comes from. And when you have the same inspiration, when it's still the intention is good, the intention is to help and to heal and to teach or whatever it is. But if the fuel for that is something positive and loving and hopeful, whatever you're doing can quadruple because it's now it's so pure. The intention is so, is so pure and it doesn't feel as hard. You don't feel like you're swimming upstream. It's not this sort of angry, not this angry fuel. It's this loving fuel, which doesn't feel like work at all. Mm, I agree. Well, I, I realized last couple of weeks ago, we were all together. I was with you and we were at our mastermind and we had that exercise that we did with the lovely lady. And we were going through those questions. I know people don't understand what we were doing, but we were doing some work where we were having to kind of just go deep into ourselves. And when we were working through those, those questions, I realized that I was still holding on to a betrayal. And that I hadn't forgiven somebody in my past, one of these family members. And I had forgiven what I consider to be the core family members of that whole shebang. And I'm not going to go into details as to what happened. But I realized I was still harboring so much anger towards this person. And that day, I knew I had to forgive her. I had to let it go. 
And I told myself I was going to write an apology letter or not an apology letter, but a forgiveness letter, like just just kind of close the loop on that. And I haven't done it. And, and it's so interesting that we're having this conversation today about almost a week and a half after we were there because it's brought up so much of that today. Girl, I didn't even know I was going to have to go down this darn rabbit hole today <laughs> during this talk. But I realized, I was like, oh my gosh, I need to send that out. I need to get that out. And I feel like I've been, you know, I was thinking about, it's so interesting. I thought that because I had forgiven so many people in this process of this whole betrayal, I mean, that betrayal ruled my life for so many years. And I was like, okay, the big people that were involved, I feel like I'm moved. I'm good. We're good. I moved on. I'm, I forgive. But I wouldn't let myself forgive this one person um, because I just had to hold on to that. So as we're having these conversations... <laughs> <laughs> it's just all conjuring up. And I know that it's keeping me from my best self. I know that it's still having an impact on me. Oh, you just watch what happens when you send that letter. Just watch what happens. And I'll tell you, it was at that exact exercise that I made a commitment. I just spoke Saturday. It was 500 people and my talk was on forgiveness. And I have this amazing story of a family betrayal around forgiveness. But with my husband, I mean, he we actually got married again. I mean, it's like we absolutely crashed and burned, rebuilt from the ground up two completely new people got married again. And he's become this like spiritual teacher now. I mean, he's a real estate guy, but he does this too. And at the event, he was also one of the speakers. He had no idea that I was doing this, but this decision was formed during that exercise. And in front of 500 people, I just called him right up and I just forgave him in front of everyone. Oh my gosh, Debbie. Wow. Oh yeah. It was huge. It was huge, huge. I'm so happy to be having this conversation today with you. One, that we got to go through that exercise together with 30 of our closest friends and colleagues and what that did for so many people. You know, my husband was in the room that day too. And, you know, he felt like he had betrayed himself. There was a lot of forgiveness that my husband needed to do for him. I mean, we all betray ourselves. You know, you have that moment. You're like, well, who have I ultimately betrayed or who has, who am I, who do I need to forgive? And that was who came up for Alex was himself. And what came up for me was this person. And I was like, oh gosh. And like to be able to go and do that work that you just did with your husband in front of all those people. I mean, wow, how powerful that was for you. And for him, it was huge. It was, it was absolutely huge. And what was even better, what was even better was I went over the benefits of hanging on to that forgiveness and, and what happens when you let go. But I also spoke to the people who've caused the hurt. And I really told them, you know, your biggest emotion is shame. And that is the most physically destructive emotion we have. And, and what you're doing to outrun your shame is, is using things like food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, keeping busy, and all your trying to do is outrun it. But the only way to heal it is bring light to it and bring honor to it. So I asked them for a commitment, whether it was the people who've been hurt today, I mean, not tomorrow, today, go and, and let that go and forgive. And for the people who've caused the hurt, go out and just ask forgiveness. And then you, I'm all about self-forgiveness once you've done everything humanly possible to right that wrong. And I, I had a show of hands and it, I said, I just need one brave warrior who's going to do it. I'm not going to ask you what side you're on. I'm not going to ask you who you're forgiving or if you're asking forgiveness. And one hand popped up and then another and then another and then another. And it was just magical. Oh my goodness. I'm so, wow. That is so incredible. Well, I wanted, the last thing I just wanted to ask, you know, we, we, I think we connected and talked a little bit about that, but I know a lot of people are still feeling like, okay, I'm ready to forgive, or I'm ready to ask for it, or I'm ready to pass through this betrayal that I'm dealing with. 
You know, how do we move forward and heal from a betrayal experience? Is it the act of forgiveness? What is the last piece on this? Forgiveness is a huge thing, but I would I would really caution everybody, when you forgive too early or when you're not ready, it backfires. And there's this if-then rule about forgiveness. If you feel safe and valued and you forgive, you actually feel better for it because you've done something. You've given up those small self-ego benefits for you know all of these incredible benefits that you could truly have. When you do feel safe and valued and you forgive, that's when you have just become your highest self. So you don't want to rush it. You want to make sure it feels right. And there's forgiving and moving on and forgiving and rebuilding. Two totally different, totally different things. But the first step, know where you're at, know what stage you're at, work through it. You'll know when you're ready. Mm, I love that. Okay. So you have something, I know people are still working through their stuff as they're listening to this, but you have created this amazing quiz to kind of just figure out if not only you are struggling with post-betrayal syndrome or if someone that you know is. So talk a little bit about this quiz and what it does for us. It's just PBT, as in post-betrayal transformation, pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. Just when you take the quiz, just the questions alone, you're going to see, wow, I had no idea. I really felt that way about trusting people. I didn't realize my gut issue, my fatigue, my this, my that was all tied to this. So the first step is taking the quiz because, you know, the biggest thing I see is we hide out. We feel so uncomfortable. We think we're crazy. And in so many situations with a betrayal, we're told we're crazy. It's we're blamed for it. We're, you know, it's like, it's our fault somehow. And this is where the whole worthiness thing comes up. And and that's a whole other monster topic. So just just realizing it's not you. It's not you. You know, if someone knew better, they'd do better. From that place of awareness, this is the best they could do at that time. And, you know, maybe this is what they needed to do and what you needed to go through for you to realize how worthy, loving, deserving you are. And they needed to do this hurt. And on some level, like with my husband, absolutely crash and burn, lose everything that meant anything, and then transform. And then you know, all of a sudden see what truly matters. So no, no right or wrong here, but you know, it all makes sense in the end. I love it. I think that's so wonderful. Debbie, honey, any last minute inspiration you can give us anything at all that you want to just leave us with before we we take off today? You know, I would just say, I, I know how much it hurts. I get how painful it is. I get how you you feel just so disregarded, unimportant, all of this, but it's not you. It wasn't about you. It really wasn't about you. Whatever the betrayal was, that was somebody else's issue. But that doesn't mean you have to live the rest of your life paying the price. You know, there's this wonderful saying, and it's the best revenge is a life well lived, and you deserve that. Mm -mm. I love it. Thank you so much, Debbie, for coming on and sharing your beautiful wisdom with us. And thank you for providing this quiz so we can get a little bit more clarity because I know how foggy it can be when you're trying to navigate through these moments. I'm so excited for people to just really step into their own power and their own forgiveness through this process. Thank you. Have a good day, honey. You too. Wow. What a powerful and transformational conversation that was. As I'm sure you noticed, I've definitely had my share of betrayal and so has Dr. Debbie. Now, what was really powerful to me here was Dr. Debbie Silver's five stages from betrayal to breakthrough because it's such a big key for us to move forward and transform from this experience. Now, 
I don't know if you heard, but one of the things that was really impactful for me was how long we can stay stuck in some of these stages, like stage three and stage two, right? That we could be stuck there for even maybe a decade or more. And what it looks like to actually work through those stages once we recognize where we're at. Now, if this episode brought up some painful memories or even stirred up some emotions, I want to just hold space for that and even just take a little moment to apologize. I know it can be hard to revamp and stir up things that maybe you have tucked deep into a corner. But the great thing about this conversation today is recognizing the power that we have to experience that transformation that we deserve. You know, when we free up that energy, my goodness, we have a path that leads to so much happiness and love and whatever it is that you're looking to create. So if you would like more clarity on whether you have post-betrayal syndrome, I do want to invite you to take a look at Dr. Debbie Silver's quiz. The link will be in the show notes on episode 78 or on the website at drmarisa.com slash podcast. Just look for episode 78 and you will find the link to grab that quiz. I just want to say thank you so much for stopping by and listening into the Essentially You podcast. In my next episode, I am joining a dear friend and fellow practitioner, Dr. Guillermo Roots, and what we're going to be talking about is autoimmune disease, but specifically understanding autoimmune disease and how to calm that inflammation fire inside of the body. You know, I know that we know a lot about being diagnosed with autoimmunity, but what what is it really doing inside of the body? How did we even get that autoimmune reaction to begin with? And that's exactly what Dr. Guillermo and I are going to be talking about. Now, this is a big subject, as you can imagine, so you're going to want to see us in the next episode. And until then, have an incredible rest of your week.